0: An enthusiastic warm welcome to all of you today. And again, happy fall, you all. This is a special edition of A Vision for You Big Book Studies. My name is Melanie C., a recovered compulsive overeater living in Canby, Oregon. I'm deeply grateful for this opportunity to be of service today. Today is Sunday, October 9th, 2022. The share ID numbers for Friday, October 7th, 2022 are the following. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time Weekday Big Book Study share ID number is 19492-19492. And the share ID number for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Weekday Big Book Study meeting is 19494-19494. This morning, a vision for you presents The Bondage of Resentment. Now let's start at the beginning. What in the world is addiction? And what is driving such a disease disorder to cause a human being to destroy itself? What is driving that? It appears to be a simple, single criterion with profound consequences that encompasses the entire human. AA does a really great job of laying out the symptoms and the solution to the problem of addiction. And what is that single, simple criterion? And we are not talking easy, ladies and gentlemen. We are simply saying single, which then I suppose makes it simple. It's not one. It's not just one. It presents a disconnect from spirit of the soul. I meant to say it's just one. It presents a single disconnect from spirit of the soul. The Big Book calls it power and it is an incurable malady. What disconnects us from this power? Well, many things, but one that we can all agree upon is resentment. The importance and urgency of this subject today is well cautioned throughout the Big Book and garners the utmost attention and regard through action. We are instructed through the four-step to span our life from the beginning to the current moment, pouring over it with a magnifying glass any place where we discover the ire that comes to the surface concerning people, institutions, and principles. How come? Because of the deadening spiritual nature of this sort of of sabotage, which is bondage. Remember, this kind of soul sickness, that's what you take from the only source of power, and therefore, freedom from bondage. Freedom. Freedom from bondage, freedom from bondage of self, all tied up, blocked, guilt, shame, regret, remorse, hatred, depression, anxiety, lack of value of self. All these, my friends, are directed inward towards self and then others, completely blocked up. Page 315 from Bill W.'s Grapevine Writings, The Language of the Heart. Please let me read. In a deeper sense, AA is a quest for freedom, freedom under God. Of course, the immediate object of our quest is sobriety, freedom from alcohol, and from all its baleful consequences without freedom. In this sense, we have nothing at all. Paradoxically, though, we can achieve no liberation from the alcohol obsession until we become willing to deal with those character defects which have landed us in this helpless condition. Even to gain sobriety only, we must attain some freedom from fear, anger, pride, from rebellion and self-righteousness, from laziness and irresponsibility, from foolish rationalization and outright dishonesty from wrong dependencies and destructive power driving self. In this freedom quest, we're always given three choices. A rebellious refusal to work upon our glaring defects can be a ticket to destruction. Or for a time, we can stay sober with a minimum of self-improvement and settle ourselves into a comfortable but often very dangerous mediocrity or We can continuously try hard for those sterling qualities which can add up to greatness of spirit and action. True and lasting freedom under God. The freedom to find and do his will. For most of us, this last choice is really ours. We must never be blinded by the futile philosophy that we are just the hapless victims of our inheritance, our life experience, or our surroundings. That these are the sole forces that make our decisions for us because they don't this is not the this is not the road to freedom we have to believe that we can truly choose and i'd like to also then read from the big book of alcoholics anonymous on page 66 that reads it is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness to the precise extent that we permit these that might have been worthwhile. But with the alcoholic whose hope is a maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of harboring resentment is infinitely
1: grave.
0: For we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns and we drink again. And with us, to drink is to die. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm, which is sudden rage, were not for us. Anger is a dubious luxury of normal men. But for us alcoholics, it is poison. Today we are fortunate to have three panelists willing to share a specific resentment personal to them and how that led to futility and unhappiness and blocked the sunlight of the spirit. Next, each will share how steps four through nine enable them to look at the situation from an entirely different angle, the spiritual angle. A vision for you is grateful to these panelists today They will be sharing quite a lot, y'all. These are not easy experiences to bring to the public ear, for we believe that this is the crux of the problem, the resentments that twist the mind into justification and rationalization. The content of the discovery and the reconnection with power will be exceedingly beneficial and instructional. It will be a description of this bondage due to resentment. Our panelists today are long-standing, very active members of A Vision for You Big Book Study. They're always eager to step in to to help a still-suffering compulsive overeater lend a hand to wherever and whatever they are able to do at any given time. They will present in this particular order. We have Lisa B. from South Carolina, Russ M. from Pennsylvania, and Susan S. H. from Ohio. Each panelist will speak for about 12 to 15 minutes and as typical for sunday special edition an opportunity of to ask questions of the panelists will follow in the end so without further delay anxious to hear each one of you this morning help me welcome to the line our first speaker today which is lisa b hello lisa b
2: good morning good morning melanie thank you so much thank you for that beautiful introduction um good morning everybody My name is Lisa B, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina, and uh, this is my home group, A Vision for You, and Providence guided me to this meeting in um, November of 2015, and I started working with a recovered sponsor in January of 2016, so I've been abstinent and recovered since January. it's 2016. I'm going to set my timer. So, um, yes, my assignment has been spelled out, you know, to share on a specific resentment and how it led to futility and my unhappiness and blocked me from the sunlight of the spirit. I just want to briefly say, step one, we conceded to powerlessness and the realization that we were doomed and could not solve the problem of compulsive overeating by ourselves on our own. In step two, we learned of a higher power that was deep down within us and that was blocked by pomp, worship of other people and things, and calamities. In step three, we made a decision to turn and place our will and our lives over to the care of a power greater than ourselves, care of God as we understood him. So I wanted to, um, I wasn't, I'm not going to read page 66, which Melanie just read. So um, I will share what my resentment that I have had, a, a standing resentment that I've struggled with, Um, before recovery and in recovery, and it's with a family member who's cut me out of her life. She refuses to engage in any way with me. And I just want to read a passage that describes how I feel with this, and then I have written a paragraph. But it says here on page 53 of the AA 12 and 12, but it is from twisted relations with family, friends, and society at large that many of us have suffered the most. We have been especially stupid and stubborn about them. The primary fact that we fail to recognize is our total inability to form a true partnership with another human being. Our egomania digs two disastrous pitfalls. Either we insist upon dominating the people we know or depend upon them far too much. If we lean too heavily on people, they will sooner or later fail us for they are human too and cannot possibly meet our incessant demands. In this way, our insecurity grows and festers. When we habitually try to manipulate others to our own willful desires, they revolt and resist us heavily. Then we develop hurt feelings, a sense of persecution, and a desire to retaliate. As we redouble our efforts at control and continue to fail, our suffering becomes acute and constant. We have not once sought to be one in a family, to be a friend among friends, to be a worker among workers, to be a useful member of society. Always we tried to struggle to the top of the heap or to hide underneath it. This self-centered behavior blocked a partnership relation with any one of those about us. Of true brotherhood, we had small comprehension. Um, those are the things that I've learned you know, as a result of doing this work. And so I'll share, you know, the the futility that I've experienced with this resentment. Um, I've wanted it to be different. I've tried to control it and change it. I've wanted it to be right. I want it to be right. No, I wanted to be right. I wanted to be understood, acknowledged, accepted, liked, and even loved. This has brought me to my knees. This resentment. I have been unable to make them be any different. I have felt a dull ache, sometimes a sharp ache in my gut and in my heart. I have felt my eyes full of sorrow. And you know what else I've done? I've taken my eyes and my focus off of my higher power, whom I choose to call God. Anything that consumes me like this, I'm meditating on it. I have meditated. On this very thing instead of meditating on God. I have worshiped this resentment, I've worshiped this person, I've worshiped the situation. I've been turned inside out and I have left myself and the moment. I was not present in the moment and I certainly couldn't be useful to others. So, as a result of this work, and I just want to share, you know, I'll be sharing from the big book. The big book tells us that resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics because it blocks me from the sunlight of the spirit. Of course, sunlight of the spirit is our higher power. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease. So if I'm not bearing fruit in my life, you know, I'm in self. What I've, the fruit I have borne, I guess you could say, from this resentment pride, egotistical self pity suspicion envy I mean it just goes on dishonesty lying so I want to share with you some some something some process I went through with my step four work in column four we list the person I put the person there you know In column two why am I angry and I listed that as brief as possible and then it says in most cases we found that our self-esteem our pocketbooks ambitions and personal relations including sex Were hurt or threatened. That's column three. So my self-esteem, my ambition, my personal relations, even my sex relations have been affected by this. We were sore. We were burned up. We set this on our grudge list. Nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty, and I need God to help me with that. I have to pray and ask for that. Of course, I'm doing this all in a state of entire abstinence. Here we go. Putting out of our minds the wrongs others have done, which is column two, we resolutely look for our own mistakes. Hello. That's not something I had been doing. You know, the big book says if we continue to look at where others made were wrong, like we just continued to stay sore and nothing happened. Here is where I'm turning. A corner is turning. And again, I need providence to help me. Where had I been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking and frightened? Though a situation had not been entirely our fault, we tried to disregard the other person, which is column one, involved. Where was I to blame? Column four. The inventory is mine, not the other person's. When we saw our faults, we listed them. We placed them before us in black and white. We admitted our wrongs in column four, which is column four, I always say, and this is how I was taught. What are my mistakes? That's me without God. I'm blocked off. That's me without God. But here we go. Something else is going to happen here. We admitted our wrongs, honestly, and we're willing to set the matters straight. Set the matters straight, column five, the power column. That's me with the help of God, how I would be. Okay, so I'm trying not to make this too instructional. I will get more to personal experience, and I, I do have personal experience to share on it. So I did a fifth step, and I shared that. And, of course, it's step five. You know, we have been trying to get a new attitude and a new relationship with our creator and to discover the obstacles in our past, which are column four. We've admitted certain defects. We have ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. And I can share with you, I saw my selfishness. I saw self-pity. I saw dishonesty, expecting this person to be different. Um, also, holding on to inaccurate beliefs. The other selfishness is really relying on this person to validate me as as being okay. I've come from a place of self-righteousness, and I've come from a place of self-loathing. I've been so consumed with my own needs that I've not really looked at their point of view and their problems and their needs. It's a miracle I've been able to see these things with God's help and sponsorship in this amazing process that we go through. So that was a big change right there. My heart was beginning to be cracked open. So I've shared this in step five. Then we go into step six. And step six is really not meant to be lingered on, you know, for any long period of time. So I'll just read step six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And I wanna read a paragraph. Um, Oh good, I'm doing okay on time. (laughs) I feel like this is such a huge amount of material, you know, to go through. In step six, on the AA 12 and 12, page 63, this is the step that separates the men from the boys, so declares a well-loved clergyman who happens to be one of AA's greatest friends. He goes on to explain any person capable of enough willingness and honesty to try repeatedly, repeatedly, it's not one and done, step six on all his faults, without any reservations, whatever has indeed come a long way spiritually and is therefore entitled to be called a man who is sincerely trying to grow in the image and likeness of his own creator. So, step six, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready. And that's what I do in that hour. Returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour, carefully reviewing, meditating, and reflecting what we have done in all my columns, all my five columns in my case. Is my work solid so far? Are the stones, steps one through five, properly in place? Have I skimped on the cement put into the foundation? Have I tried to make mortar without sand? If we can answer to our satisfaction, then we can look at step six, which I just shared on. Step seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. So step seven, you know, is really a prayer, my creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. This column four, all those defects of character, selfishness, self-seeking, dishonesty, fear, lots of fear. And then it says, grant me strength, column five. This is, for me, what I have found very helpful with sponsorship and the big book work. List assets to strive for. God strengthen my honesty, forgiveness, unselfishness. So I wanted to share, you know, my liabilities, which I touched on. False pride, arrogance, self-loathing, distrust, envy, selfishness. You know, it just goes on. It just goes on. But the spiritual principles that I'm learning as a result, and this is what's been changing me, of course, going through all of steps four through nine, spiritual principles with God's help and through the action work of these steps, humility, trust, contentment, unselfishness, helpful to others. And by the way, these are principles discussed in our big book um, through the Roman numerals all the way to page 164. Honesty, integrity, restitution, tolerance, acceptance, tact, generosity, intimacy, faithfulness, forgiveness, love, activity, promptness, patience, faith and courage, responsible, accountable, kindness and courtesy. You know, I learned those things through God helping me and through taking the action steps four through nine. Okay, so I'm going to keep reading here and sharing a little bit more um step eight and nine is really where the second part of my assignment how the implementation of steps four through nine enabled me to look at the situation from an entirely different angle how did each step impact me resulting in a new freedom and a new happiness so i want to share with you doing steps four through seven in many ways felt kind of like uh just doing it i really didn't have a lot of I had some relief I had a lot of pain some relief a lot of self-pity but I just I don't know I didn't feel a lot of great things you know I did feel some things of course we have those wonderful step five promises you know which are fabulous um, and they're there I don't see them right now but you know what they are they were just wonderful but I really needed to keep moving, and we're taught to keep moving, keep moving, so in step eight, we made a list. I've made my list. you know, I put this person on this list, and what I needed to do was start to see where has how has my selfishness self seeking dishonesty and fear hurt them, and then, um, you know, was I willing to make amends to this person That was really, really important. you know it's a whole change like what did my conduct arouse in them how did it affect them and then in step nine what should I have done instead what do I need to do to straighten out the past what behavior will convince them more than anything so I want to share with this experience with this individual they didn't want any contact with me they didn't want a phone call and they didn't want my presence at their door I needed to write it in a letter So, so much of this work has been through prayer, meditation, um, trying to show in whatever way I can, sending them a card, sending them a note. But, you know, this has gone on many, many years, many, many years, and they just – I know that perhaps this person is spiritually sick, but the work, the healing, the change has been done inside of me without them, without them doing it with me. So much of it has been about surrender, acceptance, allowing God to be God, allowing God to be the ultimate power and to decide what needs to be done. The work is inside of me. The work is inside of me. You know, I'm the one that's bearing the gifts. I do continue to pray for this person and love this person. And I have changed so much when I think about this person. Sometimes I still go back to sadness and self-pity and anger and I, and I need to do the work, step work about that. And I do that in inventory and I share it. This has given me an opportunity to grow closer to God. In my weakness is God's strength. I have found that. And, you know, it's just the way it is. But I am grateful today to be free in the food and free of this resentment and free in my life. You know, the food is but a symptom. Um, I'm happy to share in, in any other way, you know, offline if I can be helpful to someone. But I'm running out of time. I'm grateful for the opportunity of service. And thank you for asking me. Thank you for my co fellows. I'm looking forward to hearing Russ and Susan. I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Lisa B. And we're going to hear from you again in just a little bit. So you hang in there with us. Thanks again. Next up, our next panelist to speak this morning would be Russ M. from Pennsylvania. Good morning, Russ.
3: Good morning, Mel. Good morning, everybody. Russ, I'm a Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Wow. So uh, I'm coming up on six years of abstinence and recovery and just trying to live this thing every day. And <laughs> when I got the text about sharing, I'm like, man, how long do they have with resentment? I could go on and on and on. But there's one, one that I, I want to share with you. These uh, did such a great job of breaking it down, just making my job a little bit easier. Um, so, uh, you know, my mother-in-law and I, right? We 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 had our ups and downs over the years, and man, did did I did I resent her? <laughs> and I said, I did like people meddling in my business. I don't want nobody's opinion, but for 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 some reason. She, we just would butt heads, you know, and um, it it was rough. It was about a twenty year period, mate. Yeah, close to close to 20 years, right? Going back and forth and not talking, talking, you know, seeing all stuff that comes with resentments. And uh, it, it, it 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 there's there's a miracle that after you know going through and working through these things. That we're pretty close now. And you know, we have ups and downs, but we're pretty tight. And you know, then my wife calls her my bff <laughs> My bff There's that that's there's only a only God could do that. Only only through this program. So but when it came time to do the inventory, I was chomping at the bit. I couldn't I couldn't wait to get those resentments off because everybody had hurt me. I couldn't wait to blast everybody on on, on my paper through my, through my charts and, and the columns and how they did me wrong. And, and then there was that part that said, where's my partner? And I was like, duh, you know, kind of, kind of threw me off. And I had to be honest because I was desperate. And, uh, you know, I start seeing these things cropping up. All this pride, uh, this fear, this, a lot of it was controlled. A lot of it was control that I wanted what I wanted and selfishness, obviously. And I'm thinking like I got all these resentments with all these people. Well, if I got a problem with everybody, maybe it's just not everybody, you know, it's like the ad says, you know, it's you, you know, I'm I'm doing something wrong. So it kind of sobered me up in, in, in that. You know, looking at that, those, those columns where you know dude, you wanted a, a desired outcome, you know you were trying to control the situation, and you know you were a bastard with these people a lot a lot of you you were really not the greatest guy, and I had to start looking at it because you know the way I'm acting causes a reaction with someone else. How do I have to expect them to feel when they know a, a train wreck's coming in is going to cause all kinds of problems so that that fourth step really opened my eyes to. You know, my partner, you know, my character defense, these things that have blocked me from God, blocked me from relationships. How about, like, blocking me from being just a regular, decent person? Okay, yes, I want to be sober. I want to stay out of the food. I want to get away from this addiction and keep it, you know, keep it at at a minimum, you know what I mean, keep it under wraps. But how about being a regular person? You know, just because I was an addict doesn't mean I have to be a jerk. And I mean, they do go hand in, hand in a way, but how about just being a, a, a nice human being to someone else? And then the fifth step, when I spoke it out, it was like a weight was lifted off of me. I mean, and, and I wasn't scared to do it because I, I knew who harmed me. But when you start working through these things, it's like, yo dude, you've already harmed a lot of people yourself. And then with step six, obviously write them down. There's another thing It's it immense it. Like, this is who you are, dude. This is the way you are right now to be free for, you know, this, this, these things to go away to, especially this, not so much the addiction, but you know, how about these character defects, the the crap you're throwing at people every time you're dealing with them for them to go away. You got to look at it when you write it down to me, it's cemented it. And, uh, with seven, you know, it's it's a start, grace asking God to remove all these things. You know, I I, I I still get resentful at my in-laws, at my wife, at my kids, uh, you know, at myself, at life. It still crops up. You know, it's a process. It's not you know, it's not gonna happen overnight. I Man, I've been this way for fifty years. So it's gonna take time. Yet we're working through it, through the inventories, you know, uh ten steps. All these uh, all the steps, especially ten, eleven, and twelve, helped me to grow away from that. I'm getting better. I'm not perfect at it. Uh step eight, obviously, you know, it's scary, but it's necessary. So, you know, I had to I had to get in front of my, my mother in law. You know, she was like the first one I wrote down. First amends and uh I can remember the day we 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 talked. Uh, I was she was sitting at our kitchen table, and I was at the island. And you know, I just started. It wasn't so much apologizing, but I did apologize. But it was more than that; It's deeper than an apology. She, she I was trying to convince her. You know, I was trying to tell her that yeah, I'm changing, and I don't want to talk about it. I want you to see it in my actions. And what she said to me was I just wanted you to feel accepted. I wanted you to be a part of the family. That's why I was hard on me because I love him. And it, like after that, you know, that ninth step with her. It was like something changed in me. And it was a very uh, crucial amends I had to make there because it like kind of let like, set off all the other amends. And you know, I'm not, not this great guy because I'm recovered and you know, I got it all together. But I do approach people now with a different type of deal. You know, like everybody has something going on. Everybody's struggling. Everybody's hurting. In some way, shape, or form. Whatever. Physically, spiritually, financially, whatever. Everybody got something on their back. And I can't come judging someone. You don't know their story. You know, by doing all those years, I wasted all that time. Because I was wrapped up in resentment, obsessing over my in-laws, obsessing over my mother-in-law, wasting time that I could be loving her, spending time and working at the relationship, working on myself, trying to be better. You know, I heard it come out of her mouth. She just wanted me to be part of the family, really. And I took it as you're threatening me. You're telling me how to live my life. So now... I'm trying to get better at it. I'm not the greatest at it, but I am doing better with it. You know, coming with a little bit of compassion and empathy and understanding, like true tolerance—not this tag word that they use, tolerance. You now, like really, when people get on your damn nerves, just accepting it. It's hard for me to do, but I'm I'm getting there. And love, and respect, any person I meet. You know, sometimes you know. Anybody got a family, you, you know what's up. Anybody that has to deal with anybody, you know, it's hard sometimes. You know, we have a bad day. That person has a bad day. I don't know if the person's dying of cancer that I'm dealing with, but I want to blast them. So especially, I, I know it sounds cheesy, but, you know, when I did that with my mother-in-law, it set the stage for all the other menses, and really it changed me a bit on – uh on how you know, trying to how to deal with people, you know, that people have stuff on their plate. And um, you know, it it resentment, that those words are so true. Number one offender kills us all. You know, I, I waste a lot of time obsessing over things that the person I was obsessing over didn't even care about. They didn't they weren't thinking of me. They were living their life, raising their kids, running their business, whatever it may be. And I'm, you know, I do the imagining, like, oh, I I didn't even know that. I wasn't even thinking about that. Maybe they were self-centered, but I don't care. I wasted that time. (laughs) You know, I blew all that time that I could either be loving that person or or, uh, investing in my family, investing in being a better dude, like working on my character defects, you know, trying to come up with a way of life that, you know, that I'm not crazy, that I'm not uh, offending people, everything comes out of my damn mouth. You know, it's such a waste of time. And and the thing is, you know, I wrote some notes here, and I, I just, that obsession, sometimes that obsession with the resentment, like replaying it in my head, is worse than me trying to get a hit from the food. It's, it's all connected, but sometimes that was so much stronger than me actually wanting and not being able to stop eating. was my hatred towards a person that made more money than me. Or my, my mother-in-law, you're telling me what to do. Or my father-in-law don't talk to me. Or, like, they don't care. They didn't really care. But I, I was consumed and being destroyed on the inside from that, and I was in pain. And that emotion overwhelm me, and then I'd be getting a hit. So the, to, for me, for Russell Montemano, they're, they're intertwined. And it's impacted me greatly, you know, working through these things. And sure, you know, specifically my mom we get at it. You know, we still do. But it's it's cool because we have understanding. We can argue. I'll say, mom, look, I got to roll out. I, I don't want to waste our time arguing because we're not going to agree. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not going to hold it against you, you hold it, you hold it against me, and I walk out, and there's an understanding. Or I go down and play my bass, or whatever. I go into the music room, and I get out. You know, before I'd be I would be fist-fighting, I want to argue with you, I'm banging on your the counter, they just paid for it, and father in wants to choke me out as the most mild-mannered man in the world. So, it's a, it's a really, it's a It's a miracle. It's a miracle that I have this relationship with my mother-in-law now. I mean, that's the specifics of it. But that resentment, man, is, oh, my goodness. I know I'm coming up on time here. But, uh, you know, it's about, okay, I'm I'm an addict. I'm, you know, meds and meds in the head. I'm not, like, straight in the head. I got all these issues. Poor Russ. But it doesn't exonerate me from, from the damage I've done. And specifically the ninth step, you know, I, I'm January. It'll be six years. Hopefully God will. But I still got to do these things. I'm still doing it. This is what it's going to be for life. Just like the character defects, these, these amends has got to be made throughout my life. And as you do it, resentment, pride, arrogance, all these character defects start dropping because it's, it's, it's tumbling. And, uh, it's a work. I mean, it's not like, it's not the easy thing, but y'all know. If anybody's on this line, you know what's up. You know what's going on. Um, so that's the gist of it. You know, resentment is a waste of time. It's not just a number one offender, it's, it's a waste of time. But, you know, when we're wrapped up in these things and we don't have the big book, or we're not, uh your, uh if we haven't, someone didn't share it with me. Someone didn't share this with me. I'd be still wrapped up crazy thinking that people hate me and I wanna hate them and I want you know, to do a couple bad things. You know what I mean? And uh thank God someone shared it. And that's that's why I'm on this line that maybe I can help somebody or you know, I I I owe. So thank you for letting me share. I appreciate this time.
0: Thanks a million, M. Appreciate that share. We'll talk to you so hang close a little bit later again, okay? And next up, our panelist is, last one for today, is Susan S.H. from Ohio. Good morning, Susan.
4: Good morning, Melanie. Thank you. Um, I'm Susan S.H. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio and very grateful today to be asked to share some of my four through nine experience. Um, I'm going to process with a little bit of uh, qualification. I was the youngest by 10 more or more years of five children and uh, I felt loved by my whole family. I recently heard King baby in his share and that really struck a note with me because I was and I think I tried to maintain that uh, status even as an adult. I was wearing chubby clothes when I got to second grade. I was very ashamed. And, of course, that makes you an easy mark in school. I got teased a lot. I didn't realize that the easy mark maybe wasn't so much my weight as my reactions to any teasing. Um, I still wanted to fit in, but I didn't. Uh, high school, I felt a little more a part of by joining in with some not-so-good choices. I loved gossip. I loved character assassination. Oh, I forgot to mention that So suffering, feeling apart from, and nursing my grudges was always close by. I learned it early, I learned it well. In high school, I found I could feel a little bit more a part of by joining in with some not so good choices. I love gossip and character assassination, and smoking, and drinking, and some other practices that made me feel more accepted. I was married with a baby before graduation. It's by the grace of God um, that I married a man who has loved me through thick and thin, and I'm very grateful for that. In my mid-20s, I went to one OA meeting in my town, and honestly, I thought they were nuts. I thought they were odd, and I didn't feel like I could or had any desire to give up sugar and flour or to keep coming back, so I didn't. And I spent the next 30 years grasping to get all I could and to bend the world into being fair to me. I thought if I just kept working, if I just uh, managed well, I could wrest satisfaction out of this this world. And after those years, I came in the doors of OA again, and <clears throat> I listened more, and I did keep coming back because I heard my story. What a relief to find out that I was not alone in my craziness, and. Uh, I still spent another year and a half going to meetings thinking I'd catch whatever it was that I was trying to catch, and I gained another 20 pounds. In desperation, I thought, well, I've either got to change something or leave because I'm not being helped here. I was desperate, and I'd been listening to A Vision for You, and I called in as a newcomer, and I was so fearful. I was wonderful at uh, keeping to myself. No one should look at what I'm doing. (coughs) And uh, I did connect with a sponsor. We did work the steps quickly from the big book to the best of my ability, and I was amazed before I was halfway through. And I've been amazed ever since. The resentment that came up later, it was well after my fourth step, but it was an old resentment that I was so good at denial and so good at ignoring what was uncomfortable. It was that? My brother, 13 years my senior. My brother um, <clears throat> was a teaser and his chubby little sister. <laughs> and I did <clears throat> resent very deeply the teasing and uh, a more serious incident that came up later as our mom was, was dying. Um, I felt he was wrong, I was right, and I was blameless. And so I buried it so deep and so well, I didn't have to look at it and feel the discomfort. And I am practiced at denial. And it didn't come up or even come to mind when I did my first, first, first fourth step inventory. Was I fearless and thorough enough? Well, I don't know, but I can trust that I was as fearless and thorough as I was able to be at the time and I was learning to lean on my higher power in everything. So it did return to my consciousness after after uh, a twelve step study that I went to at a retreat. And step four, I um I wrote up on the worksheet. I couldn't imagine how this would resolve, but I had come to love and trust in recovery and a higher power. And I had come to trust that a higher power would return me to sanity in every case if I turned to him. So I wrote it up on the same old worksheets, and I checked off what this disturbance affects. And uh, I brought it to my sponsor to discuss. I didn't even touch on the fact that if something, well... Yeah, Um, I still wasn't realizing that if something needs to change, it's probably me. And that's the truth. My sponsor admitted that some of the complaints were valid. But now, how did I keep the ball rolling? Yeah, and there was a brief flash of outrage on my my part, always. (laughs) But I did look deeper quickly. I guess I have just kept him at arm's length ever since the last, um, the last incident. I haven't been a loving or kind sister. Wow. I was amazed, and it was a moment of honesty that ran deep. I felt some relief in just seeing my part, which happens to be, I see now, the only part <clears throat> that I can get help from a higher power to change. I admit it again. My brother is perhaps spiritually sick, as I am. God, please show me how I can treat him and myself with the same patience, tolerance, and pity I would cheerfully grant a sick grant. God, save me from being angry. How can I be helpful? Thy will be done. Many experiences have shown me this prayer is answered, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. I needed a little more guidance, though. Step six and seven. I did feel ready to have these character defects removed. That moment of absolute honesty, which is is still a rare thing in me sometimes, it seems like, but I see progress. Um, Yeah, I was ready to let go of it. I felt I was willing to now have my higher power remove them, the selfishness, self-seeking, dishonesty, and fear that were keeping me stuck. It took admitting my part, so deeply buried, and admitting I am human, imperfect, and need help, first to my higher power, then to a, a 12-step fellow, to see it clearly, want to myself <laughs> and to a higher power, and to a 12-step fellow, to see it clearly. Um, step eight: I made a plan for making amends. Of course. <clears throat> I wanted to and wrote in why I behaved as I did, and my sponsor honestly helped me to remember on page 77. Under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. Simply we tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. We are there to sweep off our side of the street, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so. Never trying to tell him what he should do. His faults are not discussed. We stick to our own. If our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. I amended my discussion to reflect this, and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad she gave me the, the straight poop <laughs> and told me. It reminded me. Step nine, I took what I wanted to say. I had it down by then to my brother, and I said my piece. And I said that I think I can do better as a sister. I guess in my heart of hearts, I still wished for him to say, oh, well, his side of the story that, oh, yeah, well, I did this and I did that. And I'm sorry, but that didn't happen. What I got was, oh, well, I guess I did notice you were kind of distant. Thanks. (laughs) And <laughs> so I was relieved, and I did feel lighter. And I accepted again what my sponsor had me write in the front of my big book. Susan, you're never going to get your way. Love, higher power. What happened within a year <clears throat> was my higher power's epilogue and my comfort in a very difficult time. My oldest sister went from bad to worse, and she was hospitalized with dementia. Um, I had I had the responsibility of making decisions and she did move into assisted living. I helped her as I could, but I needed very much to lean on and ask help from my brother many times as she declined. I have been someone who doesn't ask for help. I don't love asking for help. I have difficult time asking for help. And could I have even asked him? If this ill will was still a barrier between us, we got her moved together with nieces and nephews who helped. And I was grateful for that. And I thought about my amends then. My brother and I finished paying my sister's burial agreement together. And when she died, he was so very supportive to me. Even though his plate was overfull at the time, he was having health problems and his wife was undergoing chemotherapy. At her sister's funeral, um my brother sat next to me and my other sister on the other side. And uh this was the first family loss that I had experienced in recovery and uh I felt I could openly grieve and the tears didn't stop. I, I just I I have never cried that much at any funeral. I my big brother took my hand. <laughs> And held it throughout the service, and I get I get teary when I think of this. I weep tears of joy thinking about this moment. My brother is now eighty, and after about with COVID and uh, a TIA uh, and being diagnosed with early dementia, things got worse for him, and he did lose his wife. I can hug him. I can tell him I love him and mean it. And it's, it's a healed relationship. Is he perfect? No. Am I? No. We are both children of a loving higher power. And I am so glad that I was given the chance to see how I was blessed by letting go of my grudge and seeing what I could possibly change. I'm grateful every day to have the directions in the big book to let go and let God. I'm grateful every day. For the knowledge, I am loved unconditionally. And knowing I have directions in the big back to go back to my source, my higher power, in every situation. As long as I remain human, I need to continue, continue, continue. Will other things bubble to the surface six years after, after initial recovery? I think it's a possibility. I'm still the queen of denial. And what I have today in working the steps and in reaching out and in turning to a higher power in every day, what I have feels like a life of sane and happy usefulness. Um, I cannot, uh, I just can't imagine. I, I could never imagine and happy usefulness in my life. But it's here. I can be helpful to the family I have yet yet left. That is my brother and sister. I can be helpful with my children when called upon. They are busy <laughs> are they ever and with my husband. I I I can be helpful in the in the fellowship. And I'm so grateful for the fellowship that I didn't know I craved, but I do. I need you all, and I'm so grateful to be a part of this. Now, I think I'm running a little early, but that is, I am out of words, and that is where I stop. So I am gratefully done, (laughs) and I pass. Thank you very
0: much, Susan S.H. from Ohio. Greatly appreciate your presentation today, and as well, the other two panelists this morning, very instructive and very interesting. Thank you so much. And we'll be sure and ask each of them for their contact information at the conclusion of this meeting. So please stay with us to the very, very end so that you can get those telephone numbers today. So i here. Wanted to let you know for now, though, the share ID for today, this Sunday special edition, Sunday, October 9th, is nine. 19- 497, 19,497, so that you can go back and and listen. It's very, very instructive. Lines are now open for questions. If you happen to have a question for any of the panelists, please unmute your phone by pressing star 1 on the phone keypad. Mm -hmm. Offer your first name, the first letter of your last name. And then once you have asked your question, please... Please mute your phone immediately so the line can be quiet for the next. Who would like to ask a question today? I heard somebody, but I didn't quite catch the name. Karen W. New York. Katie Meredith G. H. Meredith H. from
1: okay. Philadelphia. Lucy from PA? E. Somebody Meredith
0: from PA. E. Meredith Katie E. Katie G. From okay. Katie G.
1: Lucy E.
5: Lucy E. Anyone else this morning? Loretta H.
0: I got you, Loretta. Thank goodness. Uh huh. Oh, thank
5: you. Sorry.
0: Okay. Do we have all that, that are interested in questions so far? We can get started then. Okay. Great. Sonia, so from maybe. Philadelphia. Oh, hey, Sonia. Got you now. Thank you. PA. You're welcome. We got you now. Okay. Let's start with this lineup, and then if we have time, we'll we'll do another circle back. So we have Karen W., Loretta H., Meredith E., Katie G., Lucy E., and Sonia S. Step up to the microphone, Karen W., with your question, followed by Loretta. Good morning. Thank you, Melanie, for your service and, and all of the speakers. This is Karen W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Long Island, New York. And my question is for Lisa. Lisa, could you speak a little bit more about column five on the inventory process? I have not heard that before. Thank
2: you. Okay. Um, well, that's uh, – it is um, – I'll tell you where it is in the big book, which is always always the best thing, you know, to do. Um, so let me hmm, – I don't know what happened. I lost my place, but let me get it here. Okay. Uh so the column 4 I was told the asset the uh, liabilities character defects and then um column 5 would be so from the big book on page 67 where it says referring to our list again as you keep reading that towards the last line of that paragraph we admitted our wrongs honestly and we're willing to set these matters straight. So column five, set these matters straight. Uh, the, I was taught an easy way to remember that would be um, the power column. That's me with God's power. How would God have me be? So in a, in another way to look at it is when we look at the fear prayer on page 68, um, we ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. Um, it's So, It's similar to that, but it's for the resentment. So it says we were willing to set these matters straight. In setting these matters straight, I now have an idea of the solution. In many ways, it's the opposite. So the liability of selfishness, the asset to strive for with God's help, would be unselfishness. The liability of of a dishonesty would be, with God's help, honesty so so forth. It goes on like that. So I hope that helps you. I pass. Thank
0: you very much, Karen W., for the question. Next up, Loretta H., with your question, please, followed by
1: Meredith E. Thank you, Melody, for hearing me.
5: Russ, Susan, and Lisa, thank you for your reflection and your digestion of
6: the process.
5: Uh, my question is, I have been in without food, thank you, God, and mercy, mercy, for many years, but there's always a resentment about an institution that comes up. I'm doing another fourth step, and it'll come up in this. I've talked to a priest about it. I've talked to sponsors, and I cannot let it go,
6: you know, and
5: it's not a vicarious thrill or if I owe restitution, but it is wastes a lot of time in my head because I, I still am sick with this. So anyway, are there any tips that I can do to actually
6: dissolve
5: this? I pray, I do the sick man's prayer, but it's still there, and it, like you said, is the craw
1: in my
6: brain. So
1: thank you.
5: Any
0: panelists would like to answer that question this morning? Press star one.
5: I'm Susan,
4: and I don't have a clear answer, but I've had those kind of sticky resentments that I just can't seem to to let go of. And so I would bring them up as, as a tenth step um, many times, actually, and um, one in particular but I'm still <laughs> still in the process of making amends is from grade school. It's from grade school, but I I I couldn't let go of resentment that of someone that hurt me in school, physically hurt me, and when I finally admitted that it was there, which I'm I'm, I'm Good at- i'm like I said, I'm wonderful at denial um, and I looked at it again and and I said, "This is a child. Can I forgive a child? Uh, yeah, I really can, but it brought me back to a case where I did something that hurt another just two years before that, and and it brought me to the fact that well. I may need to make amends there because he could have been carrying this around all those years too, so it did the work that it needed to do in me. It made a change in me, my higher power has just brought it up when he needed to, and when i when i'm honest i and 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 look at it, I can get answers so i i my my best experience has been with taking these things back to my higher power unit again. I've also been instructed to visualize putting this issue in the hands of my higher power. And that was very helpful with something that was a recurring resentment. And uh, that's what I have. I pass. Thank you
0: loretta h for your question this morning next up is meredith e your question please followed by katie g hey meredith
1: hi good morning melanie thank you for your service today i'm meredith b as in boy in nashville tennessee um i'm a compulsive overeater i and this question is really for any but any of the panelists um but i did want to Thanks, Susan, for bringing up that grade school example. Um, someone's come up on my amends list from way back then, and it seems so inconsequential, but there's a little something inside of me that um, is speaking to me. My direct question is, um, I would love to hear from each of you if there's time to, when you approach these people um did you say that that you know um, I'm in a program of recovery? Like, how detailed did you get? Um, I don't know. Did, did you say you had to release this burden? I'm not really. I would just like to hear um, how it played out. You know what it what it sounded like. Um, so, thank you. I'll pass. Okay. Any panelists interested
0: in answering that question this morning? How did it play out for you in your experience?
2: I can go ahead and take a shot. This is Lisa. Okay. Lisa, uh-huh. Um, I did not, I what I did was I wrote a letter to my family member, and um, I let this person know that I've been doing a lot of inner work, and many things have become clear to me. And that um, I see how I have hurt her over the years and what I've done. And I started to touch on some of them. You know, we don't want to cause more harm by rehashing everything and bring up a whole big open wound. But I I was able to see. And that was a miracle for me because I kept seeing over the years how she had hurt me. And I had to go into a lot of prayer and asking God, please show me with clarity in a way that I can't miss what I've done to cause harm to this person. And memories just started coming up. And, you know, it was so heartfelt and truly from my soul and my heart that I really do believe that that was put out on the paper. And she did receive it and responded. And um, she did say that when she got the letter, she felt that years of pain had Just washed away but you know nothing ever came of it she never really moved in a direction closer to me but I was able to to verbalize that to her so I did not in this case break my anonymity sometimes like that's a distraction in a way but other times it's so helpful and healing and with good sponsorship and going with guidance of other recovered fellows that's what I did but through a lot of prayer and meditation Um, but so my case was a little bit different it was with a letter so I hope that helps. But maybe maybe Russ will say something. I don't know. <laughs> I'd love to hear his answer about his mother in law. I pass.
3: <laughs> All right. I, Step I, I right in, Russ. You <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, you know, I, I actually have one in particular when, when you're saying that. My uncle Russ, my dad's oldest oldest brother, I had a little contention with him. A couple things happened in my in my twenties. But we never addressed it. But I was harboring all kinds of resentments towards him. And I called him. I said, look, I just, you know, I want to get square with you. I'm trying to get my life right. And he goes, what are you talking about? He said, you have to do nothing. I said, so, listen. All right, look, I'm, I'm in a twelve-step program. I'm, I'm dealing with this issue with the food because they got some thing for a the, the program for food. I said, "Listen, just listen to me. This was like, you know, this is silly," and spam. <laughs> but this is how it went. I said, "Listen, you know, I'm sorry how we that happened, and you know, what can I do to make it up to you?" And it went great, but it was like I had to be a little persistent with that one because if I don't do these amends, I, you know, I, I'm going to go into a relapse. So I didn't want to be pressuring him. And it all depends on that, the person that you're dealing with. My uncle and I, you know, we're tight. So I could say, yeah, look, shut up. Let me do this real quick. Please, I'm sorry. I want to make it right. You and me are tight. I want to be tighter. Now, my mother-in-law is a little different. Because she has started to see the change. And she was starting to be, uh, uh, how would you say, she was softening towards me. Just by my actions. So when I approached her, I said, "Mom, you know I have to make amends." She knew what was going on. I, there was no convincing. It was an open dialogue. So I, what Lisa said, also like I prayed about this. You know, my great sponsor. He was like, "Look, you never want to do an amends twice. You want to make amends for an amends." So pray about it, and you know, ask God into this. And so I did pray about all, all of them. Yet everyone was different. I had to approach it from a different angle. You know? So my, my uncle had to be forthright. My mother-in-law had to be, you know, it had to be tailored to her, you know. And it just worked out. So I hope that helps.
0: Thanks a lot, Meredith, for your question this morning. Katie G., you're up next with your question, and that will be followed by Lucy. Hey, Mel. Good morning. Oh, excuse hey. me. Sorry. Hey, Mel. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Great to hear you. Um, I just was curious if you could address
2: the question, and I hear a lot of different answers. What do you guys suggest to sponsees who come in um, feeling super resentful and
0: how they um, can – personally, as a sponsor, I don't bring somebody to Step 10 until they're at Step 10. So I'm curious as to what um, sort of tools or resources you offer sponsees while they're working
5: through the steps. Thanks.
3: Panelists would like to answer that question. That's
0: a good one. All right, I, I could
4: take it. Um, I'll let you. here you
3: go. That, thanks, Katie. So, um, yeah, you know, first I would, I would, I would tell. Uh, I, I try to talk to my guys like, you know, you're coming in with this, and I understand. <laughs> I understand. So there's a lot going on right when you come in the program, right? There's so many things to do. Um, once they get to step three, you know, I, I've learned that there's there's something in the big books that we commence with prayer, something something to that effect. I'm not perfect at it, but I do utilize the 10th step with it with someone that is harboring crazy resentments that just can't get past it, and if it's hindering then move into the fourth step and getting through the work. I mean I, I I'd rather do that than them have a relapse. So I, I do that and you know my sponsor Craig, did that with me. Because I was buckwalk whack crazy. I couldn't even think straight. I couldn't even think straight when I came in. And I had a lot of emotion and it helped temper that to get me to the point where now I utilize the 10-step, you know, well I'm at the 10-step, 10, step 10 11, and 12, right? Yet for me, sharing with my sponsees, I, I, I recommend prayer. Like you gotta pray, even if you ain't believing it. Just fake it till you make it to get you over the hump. And until you get into the working steps. Because as as we get through four, five, six, seven, eight, up to you know, up to ten, a lot of those resentments are going to be you know, they're going to be dealt with, or they're going to be managed, The emotions are going to be reduced. So it's, it's, it's intense. I think sometimes, you know, we have to pray just as hard as we're working the steps, along with working the steps, I guess. Hope that helps you.
0: Thanks very much, Katie G., for the question this morning. Lucy E.? Your question's up now, and then Sonia S. will follow you, and it looks like we're going to have some time for others to ask a question, maybe three or four more. So let's move along with Lucy E., then Sonia, and then we'll see what happens. Hey, Lucy, your question, please. Okay. Thank you so
7: much uh, for your service. Uh, I'm uh, dealing with uh, an awareness that I'm harboring anger on a resentment that I did 35 years ago to a sister who um, I we – You know, after doing the process and my making the amends, we mutually decided not to speak. So, 35 years later, fast forward, she became ill. And in a few days, when I found out that she was in the hospital, I struggled with uh, talking about or trying to talk to her and say something. You know, I don't know what I was going to say. But the point is, uh, in the time I decided that I would talk to her, She died, and so here I'm faced with that I have to admit, and I am admitting to God and been praying that I have been, yes, I worked on a resentment, I did it, but the thing is I'm harboring anger here, and I'm not sure what to do
5: other than I'm praying, so if anybody could respond to this.
1: Okay,
6: panelists.
2: I I was just curious um to the caller with the question, what step is she on now? Like, where is she in the twelve steps? Well, I had finished
7: all the steps, but I'm now working on step one again because I I'm powerless really about this, and I'm praying and staying in step one. And um, you know, it's not full blown, but it's serious enough me need to consider that there's something else I have to do besides praying
2: did you I'm sorry I, I missed part of the word you said you went back to step one because did you have a relapse with the food no
7: uh yes I did I got yeah, okay I, so I, you're
2: on step one
7: yes
2: yeah so I, I can just answer from my experience and well I don't I, my experience um Is that I I could not deal with anything until I went through the steps in a state of abstinence and even though you may have had recovery before in abstinence I have to like push all that aside and be a newcomer again have a new experience and have faith that step two will come in that I will be restored to sanity and that I will see things from a new angle but go through the steps again having faith that I will be restored to sanity that this has worked for countless people over decades and decades, people with all situations and problems, and that I can be restored to a right relationship with my creator and that these things can be put in their proper place by going through the steps. So we can have faith going forward, you know, that it can be it can be done but be on step one that's what I would say if you're on step one be on step one and I'm so glad that this came up this morning because I wanted to just read a promise on step one on page 11 in Bill's story and it said then he had in effect been raised from the dead suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than he had known even before so you can have that so that's my my experience I pass.
0: Thank you, Lucy E., for your question this morning. Thank you very much. And Sonia S., your question before we open up for additional people that would like to ask questions. You're up. Star one, Sonia.
6: Hi. Hi. This is Sonia, grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. Russ actually answered my question, so you can move on. Um, Katie G. actually asked my question because I'm one of the uh, people that are working on step two and I have resentment, but I'm hearing that prayer is like important. Like if you have resentment, just continually praying and surrendering. So uh, I really appreciate that. Thanks.
0: Okay. All righty. Okay. Good deal. That's good to hear. Okay. Thanks, Sonia. Sonia S from Pennsylvania. Anyone else would like to ask a question this morning? I, I believe that we have time probably for three, maybe four at the most. Press star one, please, to ask your question.
8: Christina J. Christina
5: J, Jason K,
0: Ramona A, Ramona
8: A.
5: Okay, we have three, so let's go with that, and we'll just we'll just piecemeal it here if we
0: still have time. So Christina J, Jason K, and Ramona. So, let's start with Christina. Hey, good morning, Christina. Your question, please
8: Hey, Melanie. Thank you for your service. everyone on the line. Great, great meeting. Autopilot and um I'm the queen of it. I don't know that I'm doing it. I learned how to forge forward in life without feeling and just doing, and i don't <laughs> I don't know when I'm bothered until it big blows up into a big volcano. So have you all had that experience in your recovery? I mean, I'm pretty new in recovery. I just experienced a relapse that I'm coming out of, thank God, working with a new sponsor. But um, have you experienced that? And have you found that over time, God has just alerted you when these things start bothering you and you're going through life and not dealing with the stuff that comes up in a way that you have awareness about it? You don't even know that you're being bothered.
4: Thank you. for. I hope that makes sense. This is Susan. Mm -hmm. Hi, Susan. Yes, jump right in. Yeah, well, that last little resentment, I don't know, whatever it was, that just bubbled up like quite hot and painful. And yes, I knew I needed to do something, but I wasn't sure what it was. So I continue to pray on it, and I continue to ask god what 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 do I need to learn here?" That was one of my my father's favorite questions. What can you learn from this, Susan? What I learned that that child was as um, wrong as I was as that child? you know we just we are human and and the resentments come up. <clears throat> And I am used to pushing them back down because nice girls don't get that mad at people. Nice girls don't hate anybody. And the fact is, I'm human. And I am unconditionally loved exactly where I am. And I take that with me everywhere. Um, I do. I'm not a perfect big book scholar. I love the big book. And I'm grateful for the directions. But, uh, yeah, when they come up, I deal with them as they come up. Um, I
5: share. I pray. And I get answers. And I pass.
0: Thank you very much for the question this morning, Christina J. Jason K., your question, please. Star one and then Ramona.
2: Good morning. Yeah,
8: I noticed uh, all three participants had family members, and invariably family members and spouses uh, tend to come up within the top five. I'd put money on it whenever taking a fifth step. do, you, do you, And this is for anybody. Do you give any special consideration or advice uh, for family members or have a sense of, like, handling that differently because they always seem to be there in the top five things?
5: okay panelists
2: who would like to take that one well i i love the chapters working with others the family afterward to the wives oh there's just so much good stuff there of direction you know my sponsor taught me when we were reading working with others that to treat my husband you know, like he's a newcomer you know with the same consideration i know that sounds kind of weird but um yeah that's been very helpful and i share that with others uh growing and enlarging my spiritual life has helped me with my marriage and I share that with others and you know it says like argument and fault finding is to be avoided like the plague there really there's so much specific direction that we can share with our sponsees to apply to their families and even to our workplaces so yeah and then like there's a great prayer that I love um in right after oh my gosh you know I get caught off guard and I I can't find these things. But right after step nine, um, yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. We must take the lead. And then at the end, so we clean house with the family, asking each morning in meditation that our creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. Those are excellent words there, you know, to apply to family members. It really does work, and we can share that with our sponsees to go to these chapters and look for the specific instruction, anything that I earnestly and sincerely want to apply from my heart with the help of God, you know, just like we've learned in reading our book, God has the power to, you know, raise the dead that can happen in our family lives too. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much,
0: Jason, for the question. Next question, Ramona A., Hi
6: everyone. Thank you for having time. And this may have been answered a little bit by Lisa the last time, but what do you do about a situation? I have a sponsee who has made amends um for her part in and uh in a relationship and and if you know if she relapses in that particular character defect she makes amends again. But she's with a person or is the relationship is with a person who will be in her life uh, most of the time actually and this person continues to do the same offense the same hurt for her and how does one handle that and what can I say to her except keep praying about it but um, is there some step work to do
5: Okay,
4: that's a good one. Analyst. This is Susan this is Susan S. H. And uh you got you. <clears throat> with my with my brother who I love. <clears throat> he can be exceedingly abrasive sometimes. <laughs> I love him anyway. And I have um sitting in my sister's sick bedroom and he needed to talk and I just Knew I was irritated by his talk, and to myself, I said the sick man's prayer. I said the sick man's prayer. God, show me how I can <clears throat> show all the same tolerance, pity, and patience. I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. This is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done. And in a moment, that was it. Was it was wonderful. I I saw that. His wife was ill. Things were not good at his house. He just needed to talk. And God said, could you just listen?
5: And I did. And it was it was a perfect answer to the sick man's prayer. I, I had to
4: listen for what, what is his will. How can I be helpful? But it was there when I listened. So... Um, that prayer has helped me and pulled me out of situations that I could feel my anger growing or my irritation growing. And it does help. And I trust it. And I'm so grateful to have these instructions. I pass.
0: Thank you very much, Ramona, for that question. Thank you very much for that question. It looks like we have time for probably one more question. Anybody have a burning desire this morning? To ask the panelists a question. Before we close out the meeting.
6: Judy Ann? There's
0: plenty of time for From
6: Maryland. Judy
0: Ann. Let's try that one. Hi Judy. Good morning. It's yours.
6: Good morning. I want to thank everyone uh for for sharing. Um, it's been very educational for me, informative and just great. But I have a situation where uh Something's going on in my family where my my dad is elderly. And as soon as um, we talked about caring for my elderly parents and my mother since passed, everything just, (laughs) everything just blew up and everything was on me. So I just felt everything coming at me. If I stated my opinion, I was shut down. So this is all about control with my siblings. But because of the situation, boy, the relationship goes back to our childhood with my sister. She is so angry with me. It's so obvious. But at the same time, she can't communicate with me. I get these mixed messages. She acts one way. She acts another way in a different situation. She puts herself between me and my children. Um, people, Cousins in the family, I feel like, what's going on? I am not, I'm in program. I haven't divulged everything, but my children are aware of it. Um, not through directly telling them every detail of the program, but through my change in behavior, through my attitudes. It hurts me terribly when my sister and my brother um, are angry with me and I feel it, and I'm thinking, and they, they take control. I'm pretty much shut out things with my dad, except for helping and caring in ways. But I have to get to my question, don't I? I, My my point is, I'm in this situation where I'm feeling this anger. I'm not giving up my absence. I'm not going into a relapse. I have gone through the 12 steps. I'm sponsoring two people. I'm, I'm making progress. Uh, my husband and I, our relationship is... Judy, can you place. come up with a question real quick Oh, here, God. So people okay. are run out of time. I get it. I get it. I yeah. surrender. I surrender all the time. Surrender it over to my, my God. It still bothers me. That's my question. What do you do when it still bothers you because you can't... The mental twist of the disease. That's my question. Thank you. I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Judy Ann. Any of the panelists want to address
1: that one?
2: (laughs) Well, I can try. Um, This is Lisa on page 67 in the big book. We avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people. But at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one and I was taught I don't have to like everyone but I can't be unkind and intolerant and if it's going to mean that I'm going to be snapping back then I need to try and distance myself but I have to go in prayer and ask for guidance god is the ultimate author and creator the finisher of everything in my you know my my higher power knitted me in my mother's womb that's what i'm taught in the book that i study and god knows everything that's going on i have to just say what is it i need to learn here help me to be kind and tolerant i pray for this person help me to not respond back in an unkind way and I have to go inside, I'm disturbed, the problem is inside of me because of my response. But there are spiritually sick people there around us and we don't have to take it all, so we have to pray for guidance on how to do it. But I have to also ask, what is it I need to learn here? And I hope that helps, but that's my experience, strength and hope.
0: Thank you so much, Judy, for your question this morning and for the responses from all our panelists this morning. What a wonderful, wonderful presentation, and I can't thank you enough for coming on today and talking about some very personal, intimate issues, you know, in a room full of about 400-plus people this morning. I'm just very touched, and, and this is going to be a great one, again, for the archives for teaching. So I will close the meeting, as we always do, by reading from page 164 of the big book. Our book is meant to be suggestive only